Hi, everyone. Anne Louise Gittleman here with yet another episode of the First Lady of Nutrition podcast, where each week I bring my personal health heroes, my friends, my associates, the people that I know you need to hear from in the space of nutrition, health, and healing. So please join me today where I welcome Dr. Bill McGraw, who is the author of Aluminum Detox, who will be talking about unusual ways to detox aluminum that are easy peasy and fun and very effective. Welcome again, Dr. Bill McGraw. How are you down there in Panama? Uh, well, and I'm hanging in there, uh, same old, same old, uh, working hard and keeping busy. Tell us about your background. Are you a PhD and DMD? Okay, yes, I'm a PhD. I have a PhD in agriculture and a master's biology and a, a uh, bachelor's in environmental science. Uh, and I'm studying towards getting my degree in naturopathic medicine. But uh, as soon as time and uh, traveling restrictions allow, I'm going to finish that up. I love that. So why are you so interested in heavy metals? You and I spoke a little bit ago about mercury. Now I mm -hmm. see you've written a wonderful book about aluminum detox, which I found right. fascinating. Why mm -hmm. aluminum? Why now? Well, I tell you, for decades, I've been listening to people talk about chemtrails and aluminum uh, hydroxide and chemtrails. So I was always fascinated with that and interested in aluminum on the whole. So I finally got around to look at it. And it turned out to be one of the most amazing stories I had ever read. It has an incredible long history that people just don't know about. Uh, for instance, it, our story begins way back in the 1880s when they developed the process for separating pure aluminum from the ore. And of course, aluminum is the third more, most common element in the, the Earth's crust. And so it was always available to them, but nobody had a process to actually extract the pure aluminum. Uh, and the important part about that for our story is that aluminum never really existed in the environment in any appreciable amounts before then, because aluminum is really super reactive. It's pretty sticky. It combines with things pretty regularly. Well, as it turns out, worldwide aluminum production increased by a factor of three times between 1975 and 2005. And lo and behold, big surprise, uh, China really kicks out most of the aluminum production on the planet, and it totals 70 million tons of pure aluminum. Oh now, the goodness. mining industry uh, that uh, does all the mining of the aluminum ore produces 150 million metric tons of waste every year. Uh, this waste has a pH above 12, and it really can't be recycled. So it sits in these big line ponds waiting to escape. And on occasion, it has, and it's caused uh, a lot of toxicity and even death. Now, one of the big waste products from the aluminum industry is fluoride. And what do you do with the waste product from a heavy metal industry? Why, you put it straight into your drinking water, of course. And in uh, Michigan, in the year of 1945, uh, they started adding fluoride to drinking water. And 99.8% of all drinking water in the United States contains at least two milligrams per liter of fluoride. Well, the Public Health Service of the U.S. recommended in 2015 that fluoride content in drinking water should be reduced to 0.7 parts per million. And that's because it causes damage to the enamel on teeth and it causes something called skeletal fluorosis. 
which means it decreases the mineral content of the bones. It creates brittle bones, and it also disturbs the ability of tendons uh, and ligaments to, to function properly. Now, currently, worldwide hip fractures total 1.7 million per year, and many of my clients have replaced hips. And this number is expected to increase to 6.3 million per year by 2050. So mineral deficiencies and osteoporosis is a big problem in mostly in developed countries. Now, one of the other things that people don't really know about is oxalate. When you have aluminum in soil and the pH of your soil is less than 5.5, you have free aluminum being given off into the soils. The plants absorb the aluminum and then they have to use something called oxalate to bind the aluminum so it doesn't cause problems with aluminum toxicity because aluminum is toxic to nearly everything, bacteria, plants, animals, us, of course, and you name it. Now, 80% of all kidney stones are composed of calcium oxalate and about 10% of the total people in the United States are going to be amenable to kidney stones. So you want to avoid oxalic acid or oxalate in your diet, if at all possible. And the okay. Three and biggest... where, where are people getting that? So let's I'll hold down a little bit because my people will be very interested. So are we talking about oxalates and spinach and kale and uh, almonds, that type thing? Yes. Per- yeah, that's right. So the three biggest food items that contain the most oxalate are spinach, buckwheat, and rhubarb. Wait and a they minute. Seem to buckwheat? Be- buckwheat is an oxalate-rich food? Yes, it is. It's one of the oh. biggest offenders. Oh, one of my favorites. Yeah, I know it's a, it's a no-gluten type of grain and uh, was recommended. But yeah, it, well, this is, you know, if we talk about what the problems with oxalic acid is that it increases inflammation, it causes extended times to heal from injury. Uh, there's things like pain and fatigue, insomnia, brain fog, cognitive disorders, and there's an interference with detoxification pathways. So if you don't have any of those problems, then likely you're not going to have a problem with spinach, buckwheat, rhubarb, or some of the other foods that contain lesser amounts of oxalate. But for people that have a lot of inflammation and have problems with detoxification and some of the common uh, problems with, with detoxification, which are going to be brain fog and headaches and things like that. So take notes, everybody. Dr. Bill McGraw <laughs> is going at the speed of light right now. So everybody start taking notes. <laughs> yeah, that's about the only complaint I ever get is, well, there's too much information. Well, well you can you, always well, buy- You're on fire. You want to explain everything and share it and give insights for healing. Absolutely. Hope, hope and healing. Absolutely. I'm going to go into extensive uh, descriptions of something called um, OSA or orthosilicic acid, which is found in water and it's found in certain types of foods. And that will get rid of all the aluminum in your body and actually reverse symptoms of Alzheimer's and prevent Alzheimer's on the whole. And I'm going to go into that. Uh, Just one more quick thing about oxalate is that people taking high amounts of vitamin C may form oxalates, especially if you have high iron and copper in your body and low vitamin b6 now people that engage in detoxification or professionals that is that all types of vitamin c even the buffered vitamin c yeah absolutely even the buffered or liposomal vitamin c you should be taking extra vitamin b6 if you're detoxing because it's so important in the detoxification pathways okay and oxalate is stored in the thyroid so if you have thyroid problems you definitely want to avoid oxalate. Okay, so here's a super important and useful uh, bunch of information. And that's about the sources of aluminum intake. Now, I've already mentioned chemtrails, and that's maybe chemtrails. Okay, so we're going to slow down a little bit. Chemtrails. So chemtrails are different than contrails. Can you explain the difference? 
to some of my uh, listeners? Uh, sure. Contrails basically uh, is some of the exhaust coming out of regular burning of, of uh, fuels for jets, and these basically dissipate within the matter of minutes, whereas opposed to chemtrails last for in the order of hours in the sky. And that's one of the biggest differences you're going to see when you look up at the sky and you see these straight lines of thin streams of what looks to be clouds, but they're actually too straight to be clouds and too thin to be clouds normally. And that's identified as a chemtrail. And if you want more information, go to Dane Wickington's site. Uh, you can find that on uh, the internet. It's uh, Dane Wigington, and he's the chemtrail master, and he's got an absolute ton of information on his website. And so just look him up. He's also got uh, a lot of other people talking about, about so, it. So what you're spot. saying is that the chemtrails are a source of aluminum, is what you're saying. Right. So the chem, one of the major components of chemtrails is aluminum hydroxide, and that's been tested because uh, Dane himself went up into the atmosphere and a special plane sampled, uh, went flew through the chemtrails and, and took samples and then determined it with specialized equipment um, uh, measuring the nanoparticles through the chemtrails and determined that aluminum hydroxide is a major component. So in certain areas, you can actually be breathing in aluminum hydroxide. And how toxic so, is aluminum hydroxide compared to other forms of aluminum? Oh, it's super, super toxic. If you're taken into your lungs, it's going to get into the blood and cause a lot of problems. And they have measured increased amounts of aluminum in people exposed to chemtrails. In other words, the people underneath the chemtrails are going to be inhaling it. And you're going to see it in the blood and you're going to see it come out a certain amount in the urine. So that's all provable. It's all been done before and documented. And where, where, are, they, where are they spraying most of the chemtrails in certain areas? <laughs> the country like the northwest yeah. where i live absolutely and in particular <laughs> california northern california uh that's where you're going to find and there's just you know dane's site has got something like 38 million views and and you'll find that spell uh, his last name for us please wigington so it's w-i-g-i-n-g-t-o-n wigington wigington Right. I think it's actually that. might be two G's in that name. Um, so if you look that up, you'll see it, though, if you just go to the get Google and you put in Wigington. And well, let Dane, me ask you, let me ask you a question, because sure. at one point I live in Idaho and I have to fly out of Spokane. So one uh -huh. day I was we were taking a plane and I, I noticed I counted 35 chemtrails in the air, 35. Uh -huh. Yep. Not just one or two, but 35. So what I want to know is what else is in the chemtrails? What else are we being exposed to? Uh, they did pick up barium in it, but predominantly the biggest problem by far was the aluminum. And why is aluminum in there in the first place? What's the, what's the agenda behind that? Well, there's two takes on that. One is that it's going to be uh, the cheapest uh, form of reflective material. It's also can be used for, they say, weather manipulation. And so that's absorbing heat in the atmosphere and being able to manipulate weather. Uh, that's predominantly what they think it's being used for. But also, unfortunately, it's so very toxic and cheap at the same time that it's actually could be interpreted as a depopulation strategy. So there are all sorts of ideas with regard to this. But what we do know for sure is that it's toxic. There's no question about that. 
Absolutely, not only to us, but also to plants. And so the trees and the plants growing underneath these chemtrails have uh, problems with toxicity. And there's also areas of forest dying in relation to uh, aluminum in the soils. And that's all verifi verifiable and, and proven in literature. Oh, more bad news. Where else are we getting aluminum besides the chemtrails? Okay, the biggest one, that, and the rest of the this stuff can be avoided, luckily as opposed to the chemtrails, that's, that's harder to news. avoid. That's good news. Absolutely. So one of the biggest one and easiest things to think about is aluminum cookware. Yeah. And that's aluminum utensils and pots and pans and also coffee Boy. makers. And if you have any of this, if you need to get rid of it, recycle it if, if at all possible, or just throw it out because it's the biggest and most dangerous input of aluminum into the human body. And you can get between 100 and 400 milligrams of aluminum intake if you're per meal or per sitting if you're using aluminum to cook with and a lot of people most people know about this and avoid it but if you come to panama you're going to find aluminum uh teasingly made aluminum pots and pans in your hardware stores and in your various supermarkets it's readily available i always take pictures of it because i'm fascinated and you can see sort of it's sort of a rough looking pot and pan it's got scrape markets scrape marks on it you can tell it was made by artisanal uh people that are, are making these things and aluminum has a low melting point so it's easy to work with so that's the easiest thing to avoid the next biggest thing is going to be tap water. 50% of all the water in the United States contains aluminum of at least 0.1 milligrams per liter. And the reason they, that that's in there is because they use aluminum sulfate as a flocculant, and that's to remove particles from the water. Unfortunately, the residue of aluminum is still in there after the water is then transferred into municipal sources and people wind up drinking it. And we're going to talk about the research that shows that Alzheimer's is directly related uh, to people developing it that are drinking tap water that contains aluminum. Now, you can't get rid of aluminum in tap water very easily just by using cartridge filters. Many people are familiar with Brita filters, but there's also another filter called Zero Water Filter. You can buy from Amazon. It's super cheap. It's about $25. And I've personally tested it and confirmed that it will remove all of the heavy metals and all metals out of your water. So it works very well. So that's easily avoidable aluminum in tap water. The next biggest one that's easily avoidable is aluminum in medicines. So if you're taking medicines, uh, say, for My instance, one of the tablet antacids, uh, you could get 500 milligrams of aluminum per wow. antacid tablet. Most people don't re realize. So this, why do they put it. aluminum in antacids? Is it because it's so astringent? Well, because it will absorb as aluminum hydroxide, it'll absorb, it'll absorb acids in the body. And so it's probably the cheapest and most effective thing that they can use. Unfortunately, nobody cares about the toxicity. Now on the label of the antacid tablets, you will read a warning stating that, look, if you take too many of these tablets, you're going to develop dementia or a dementia-like oh, disease. You're kidding. Is this something new? No, this has always been there, but people really don't take the time. And the, the, the print is so small that you really you have can't to even read it. it. Oh, no, my goodness. To get a magnifying glass and really get into that. Most people just don't bother to look at that. Look, if you've got acid reflux and you're on the go, what are you going to do? You're going to take a, a couple of tablets, chew them up and swallow them and get rid of Which your Which name brands contain aluminum? Are we talking about? Oh, 
geez, just about all of them on the antacid end. Unless it, you know what, if it doesn't contain aluminum, it'll probably say right on the label, uh, does not contain aluminum. And that's because people are looking for it these days. They know more about it. And they, you know, who wants to die of Alzheimer's? One out of every two people over the age of 80 in the United States is going to die from Alzheimer's disease. It's going to go to two out of three in the next 20 years. And part of it is because of the aluminum sources from things like aluminum medicines, but also the next biggest one that we're going to talk about processed foods. Where is it coming okay. from processed foods? You didn't talk about aluminum foil that goes Okay, along. because because it really doesn't happen that much. If you're just going to put your piece of cake or whatever in a piece of aluminum foil, you're not going to get much aluminum being transferred into the food. But if, if you're you cook... Yeah, that's a no-no. You're going to get aluminum from the foil if you cook, especially if you're cooking something acidic, which tends to dissolve the aluminum, and that's going to get into the food. But just use aluminum foil to you know put away your food in the refrigerator that's fine and so, also so, aluminum so what do you like drinking to use beer is, is, really is another one so what do you like to use oh you can foil do you like parchment oh, paper okay just i like uh bpa free plastics you know your classic tupperwares but they're the next level i guess you could say the next grade up from regular average tupperwares just a non-bpa containing tupperware plastic they sell uh, then now. nowadays people make them Oh, yeah, you can find it. Uh, absolutely. You can find that those plastics that are food grade that are that don't have the toxic der uh, uh, derivatives like they used to contain. So absolutely. If you're if you're more concerned and knowledgeable, you can find the things that don't contain aluminum and avoid the whole thing to begin with. So you don't become aluminum toxic. And the good news that I'll be talking about is the, the uh, certain types of waters and foods that will totally reverse the symptoms of Alzheimer's. And let's see, there's a couple of more things I want to go over in terms of sources of aluminum. The next biggest one is going to be your processed foods. If you're eating processed foods that like powdered mixes or cheap cheese on pizzas. And hopefully can, our listeners don't eat that. But anyways, go ahead. Right. So powdered mixes such as your pancake mix contain a lot of aluminum. So do things like oh, powdered creamers and they use them as basically anti-caking agents. But they yeah, can all the and that's why foods. it's in salt because it's an anti-caking agent. You got it. So See, I've done my homework for you, Dr. Bill McGraw. <laughs> Thank you very much, Ann. I do appreciate it. Uh, you know, the cheap cheese on pizzas is another thing. And they just add these aluminum uh, ingredients because it makes the, the product or the ingredient easier to handle and to process. And that's the reason that they put it in there. Unfortunately, some of the biggest aluminum sources that you can get are eating uh, various processed foods. So I always tell my clients, just don't eat processed foods and you're going to avoid most of the chemicals that you're going to take into your body. Uh, for example, a person that doesn't eat any processed foods maybe will get 10 milligrams in their regular average uh, food intake per day. And if you're eating processed foods, you're going to get about two and a half times of that, about 24 milligrams if you're including processed foods in your diet. Okay, a couple of other things. Tea may, has aluminum because the tea plant actually grows in soils that uh, is, ha, has a lot of aluminum and it takes it up. So you may get 4.2 milligrams per liter of, of aluminum in tea, but if you're drinking one or two cups, it's minor. Uh, there's aluminum antiperspirants, that's 70 milligrams per application. So let, let but, everybody know about the tea. <clears throat> I know it's a fluoride absorber. Uh, that's right. So, so we're 
you know, you can't get organic tea that has low aluminum. You're going to have to look for particular sources. Nowadays, the big thing that people are doing is getting to know your farmer. So let's say you want to buy an organic tea. So do you tea think that actually, let me, let me, let me go, move back here a little bit. So organic is a source okay. of maybe a healthier source of nutrients and maybe aluminum free. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're saying? That's right. So getting to know your farmer means you contact your farmer and say, look, uh, your organic tea, does it have any aluminum? And if he says, well, we don't really test for that, you need to move on to the next source. Because the this day and age, you can get things like chlorella and spirulina that are absolutely mercury free because they do tests, and they will send you the results of the test. So if you're asking somebody about organic tea, say, do you have, do you check your aluminum? Uh, the aluminum content of your products. And, and if, if they say, yes, we'll send you the latest analysis, then do buy the product and, and do get to know your former. Because so tea is a bio. Know. So the tea plan, I want to get clear on this, is a bioabsorber, a bioaccumulator mm -hmm. would probably be the best term of both yes. fluoride and aluminum. Correct. I'm familiar with the fluoride, but not the aluminum. Mm -hmm. It's just because tea uh, is one of the plants that will absorb more aluminum from the water. Than other I plants. think. I think it's from the water. It could be as well as the soils, because they they plants will absorb aluminum directly from the soils. In which case, it may form oxalate. So that's something else you have to be cognizant of. Uh, that's why we like our friends at Peak Tea, by the way, because they're fluoride free. Mm -hmm. So the last two that I want to go through before we uh, get into uh, the, the way the, to get the rid healing, of aluminum. the healing foods and the healing waters, the elixirs. You got of, it. The fountain you, of youth. You got it. You got it. So if you're using aluminum in, in uh, antiperspirants or deodorants, you need to get rid of it because nowadays they have aluminum free antiperspirants and deodorants that work just as well. I use them every day. I sweat and work hard. What do you and use? All that. What do you use? Name brand, please. Jeez, I think it's called Native. N-A-T-I-V. Oh, yes, 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 yes. That's a great one. And it contains mint and something else. And it's not very manly smelling, <laughs> but it's fine, you know, uh, and it works pretty well. So using that, you're avoiding uh, 70 milligrams of aluminum coming in contact with your skin. Well, the good news is that very little gets actually gets through your skin, but still some does. It has been associated with breast cancer in particular areas around the armpit is where you're like more likely to develop the breast cancer than anywhere else. And so avoiding aluminum and antiperspirant deodorants is a biggie. Biggie, uh, biggie, last, biggie. Yeah, it's in the literature. If you want to look up, look up pubmed.com. Everything or, you said is in the literature because you wrote a book yeah. where you have all this documented. Absolutely. If you have any questions, you can go into uh, regular published scientific journals. They're not that hard to read. They do have some. I want to give a little promotion for your book. What's the name of the mm -hmm. book? Uh, the name of the book is uh, Aluminum Detox. Uh, and it's all about uh, water, the sources of aluminum, and all about how uh, the sources of orthosilicic acid uh, are in the water. And some of it's actually in the food, and we're actually gonna gonna go through that. Uh, an easy solution is what I call it. It's in the water, and so we're gonna go through all that in just a moment. So avoiding sunscreens that have <laughs> 200 milligrams per application. I know I'm cramming it in, but I just no, gotta no, no, get the no. word it's, out. It's it's okay because people have a very short attention span these days. We find that our podcasts that are half an hour are much better listened to than those that are much longer. So I like everything you're okay. doing. I just want everybody to take notes and keep downloading this again and again and share it with all your friends, everybody. This is incredibly important information. 
Okay, so I'm going to jump right to the uh, the chase here in terms of aluminum toxicity. 85% of all the aluminum you ingest into your body is going to end up in your brain in the area of the hippocampus. And there, what happens is as the aluminum is recirculated around the body, it's going to attach to a particular cell it has the most affinity for. And that's, of course, a neural, neural cell or a nerve cell, uh, which has the longest life of any other cell in the body. And so as, as alumina attaches to that cell, it in turn destroys it by forming amyloid beta plaques. And also uh, it uh, mangles which is a hallmark associated with nerve cells. And this causes destruction of nerve fibers, which eventually it leads to the Alzheimer's. And Correct. of course, aluminum is aluminum toxicity and the creation of Alzheimer's. Correct. Okay. And what else can I say? Because I know we don't have a lot of time. So let's, there are a few other minor things, but I'm going to jump right Let them buy the your book. Part that, okay. They can get that book on Amazon, like most other books. Uh, and also they can look up on YouTube, a, a YouTube video by Dr. Dennis Krauss, all about something called silicate. And that is a synthetic orthosilicic acid that you can drink three times a day to completely reverse the symptoms of Alzheimer's and prevent Alzheimer's disease on the whole. And it's easy to make. You make it with sodium silicate and you make it with sodium metabisulfate. That's not, not metabisulfite, it's sulfate. And so these are easily found on various uh, chemical, pure chemical. So you're making, making silica water. All right. Correct. So, so here's the question. Why is this better than taking a supplement? Because you can find this in supplements as well. Okay. So you, because orthosilicic acid uh, is easily taken in water, uh, it has a high concentration in water. It's readily distributed into the body. And, you know, so a lot of people don't like taking pills. I have a lot of clients that just don't like taking pills and would rather drink something. And so I find that, uh, you know, I can give them two gallons over the period of a couple of weeks and they'll take three cups a day. And that helps them get rid of their aluminum content, according to hair analysis. Okay. So this has been a whirlwind, but you also mentioned that there are waters, that there are water and brand, brand names people can buy, Fuji and Fulvic. Can you explain that? Correct. Correct. Absolutely. Fuji water uh, contains OSA or orthosilicic acid because it's from this an is, area. This is, this, where, is, this, is, this is the gold at the end of the rainbow. Is that the expression? Gold That's at the end the of the one. tunnel, the light at the end of the, this is the light at the end of the tunnel, everyone. Correct. So pay close attention to this, which is why I wanted to invite Dr. Bill McGraw again on the podcast, because he's offering you a solution, which doesn't involve a lot of money. It involves mm -hmm. a typical beverage that you're taking every day, anyhow, in the form of bottled water. And these are the mm -hmm. ones that you should concentrate on. Okay, take it away. Okay, thank you, Ann. Uh, the, the name of the water is Fuji water, uh, or sorry, Fiji water. It actually comes from it's Fiji. Fiji water. Right, Fiji water, and it's a bottle of water you're going to find in the supermarket. And then if you look at the uh, contents of the water, you'll see that it contains probably about 45 milligrams per liter of uh, orthosilicic acid. And that is the form of silica that's readily absorbed and will keep bioavailable. Bioavailable. This is your aluminum chelator, everyone. Now, how much do you have to drink a day? 
well, you're going to drink it three times a day, at least an eight ounce glass uh, throughout the day. And that's going to help you get rid of aluminum in your urine and in your sweat. And it's documented that people who drink regular amounts of orthosilicic acid water during the day actually will reverse the symptoms of Alzheimer's and prevent it on the whole. This is, huge. This is so huge. You realize this. I know. That's why I wrote the book because it's just so phenomenal the information and I it's so work- easy, it's so easy to implement. Absolutely. And so, the, there's other waters such as vulvic ass, uh, vulvic water. My second favorite. Uh, right, which has about half the content of orthosilicic acid, but it's still pretty good. So Fiji so, is number uh, one. Mm-hmm. There are other ones, but they're odd. They're odd names, and they're harder to find. Uh, and they may be more expensive, and they're certainly more expensive than making your own OSA water. And they're certainly more expensive than getting it in the foods, which I'm going to go through right now. Uh, so that's the water end. You can make your own or buy it. And so sources of orthosilicic acid in the diet, the big ones would be green beans, 2.5 milligrams per 100 Yay, grams. Yay, green beans, the ones that we have on Thanksgiving. You got it. <laughs> and so well, it's we're taping this the day before thanksgiving we're going out and getting pounds and pounds of green beans okay so there you have to look at the percent of absorption of the silica in the foods that you're eating and green beans are a good one because they have 50 percent absorption a couple other foods that are high in silica and have good absorption are whole oats remember unrefined oats love oats, that stuff, love oats because a lot of that stuff is going to be in the unrefined uh, portion and of course barley and potatoes and of course a lot of the silica is in the potato skin so it's important to eat your potato skins just clean the skins and those are three good so four good sources of silica and foods that you need to eat between that and the water you can reverse the symptoms of alzheimer's and completely avoid it now hopefully we have time for one more thing i know i've zipped through a lot of information and a type a i had to get it out there because i just oh, you're want a triple to type a yeah, I've heard that. I'm before. a type A, but you're a triple type A, <laughs> yeah, which is a good thing because you'll keep writing all these wonderful books. Indeed, indeed. The last thing, which is a real mind blower, is that Dr. Dennis Krauss, who, who invented the synthetic uh, silica water, also wrote a Blue Zone book where he talks about silica. And it's called Silica Water, the Secret of Healthy Blue Zone Longevity in the Aluminum Age. And you can get that from Amazon, just like you can get my book. And he did some analysis about people living in the Blue Zone. So what is a Blue Zone? Blue Zones are area of the world where an extraordinary number of people live beyond on the age of 100. And you can find this, the island of Sardinia and the island of Icaria, and there's an area in Costa Rica. Now, what makes these areas so spectacular? You know, Okinawa. That's another one, right. You know about this, of course. Because I wrote a book called Radical Longevity. I know all about ah, it. Go ahead. Which that's... everybody should also buy, by the way, but that's beside the point. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So one of the things he determined was there was about only about 25% chance of living past 100 if you lived outside the blue zone. So there was this incredible longevity effect of living in the blue zone, and he directly correlated with the amount of silica in the water. So if there was more silica, silica in the water in the form of orthosilicic acid, then the people were living longer on the whole. And that was just such an amazing finding. Wow. Yeah. So that the book, the book that he wrote is just an awesome source of information. I I knew one thing that I knew is that one of the most common foods that they were enjoying the um, long lived populations of the blue zones was barley. And I couldn't figure out what it was in the barley that was so 
longevity driven, but now we know it's the silica and the silica water, which you can learn how to make if you if you read aluminum detox. So what's what else is going to be happening with Dr. Bill McGraw after aluminum? Oh boy, that's a good question. What are you delving gonna... into? Why don't you delve into copper? <laughs> that would be a good one. I've also thought about doing something with cadmium or arsenic, or eventually writing a book on the healing properties of different types of waters. Boy, that would be a fun read. That would be, that would be a very, very big seller because these are issues that are so part and parcel of today. And, and if you give us easy mm -hmm. solutions like you've done with the Fiji water, then everybody will buy your books. We, we don't no want doubt. to take more pills, more potents, more, more potions, more topicals, but we need to just do something in the water because that's an absolute necessity for everyday life. Okay. Um, also, a couple other things. There's an 80% increase in arteriosclerosis if you live outside of the blue zone. Uh, there's a five times higher chance of being affected by heart disease and a seven times higher chance of developing prostate cancer if you live outside the blue zone. People living in the blue zone have 50% the rate of heart disease and people um, and breast, uh, breast, breast cancer and prostate cancer is 80% less if you live in the blue zone. One of the things that makes silica so important is that increases the uh, elasticity of connective tissue, including that of the arteries. And if you're drinking silica water, then you have less wrinkles because it increases the elasticity of the skin. And that's a lot of information. I'm going out right now. I'm getting my Fiji water. I'm going to tell my whole staff and all my followers Fiji water. There you go. If you're I'm, not a, I'm, I'm personally not a do-it-yourself gal, but tell everybody uh, what that other website is where people can learn to make silica water. Okay, so if you just look up Dr. Dennis Kraus spell on the it, internet, spell you'll the come name. up with spell it. Okay, so the so his last name is K R A U S E Kraus. Kraus. Okay, Dr. Uh -huh. Bill McGraw. I'm going to say thank you so much. You've been a terrific, passionate guest. Will you come back with your next book on either cadmium, arsenic, or copper? I certainly will, and I'll write it and dedicate it to you. How's that sound? I love it. So I want to say, I want to thank you. I want everybody to re-listen to this and take good notes. There was just so many gems of terrific information. And I'm so grateful that you were able to be with me today. And I want to thank all my listeners for listening at once again to the first Lady of Nutrition podcast, where we, where we bring you the best and the brightest every single week. Many of the people that we offer on the podcast are my personal heroes, and they'll become your personal heroes as well. They're hidden gems in the nutritional space. Thank you to my sponsors, unikeyhealth.com, where all my formulas can be found, and cs-health.com, where the best activated sulforaphane can be found as an internal skin protector. So thank you once again, everybody. Have a beautiful, safe, and healthy week. Shalom uvracha. Please don't forget to subscribe and like First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Thank you so very much.